This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for a million of iTunes podcast downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. In this particular case, this guest has already been previously showcased, but has much more to offer the listeners. So who am I interviewing today? Well, I'm interviewing William Hung. After his American Idol audition, William Hung's rendition of She Bangs became famous for all the wrong reasons. Despite a humbling start, William redeemed himself. He has since appeared on Jimmy Kimmel Live and The Ellen DeGeneres Show, and even performed live with Ricky Martin in Las Vegas. William has spent the last few years studying the world's top performers and public speakers to uncover their secrets to success. Using what he discovered, he skyrocketed his first studio album, Inspiration, to number one on the independent Billboard charts. His latest TEDx talk has already been viewed by over 35,000 people in less than one month. He has also spoken for Microsoft, Remax, Corvo, and other esteemed associations. William now helps purpose-driven business owners to go from hidden gems to industry rock stars by leveraging public speaking. He helps them uncover their unique message and uses it to get booked, sell out their stages, webinars, and live live streams. William, welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, our friend. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it's so nice to be revisiting one another again and to bring that back here on the global listening airwaves uh, with the listeners and the podcast subscribers. So just jumping into a little bit of what I want to talk about here with you, William, is because you're committed to growth and development and because it's always about going back to the basics, the grassroots and going, okay, what have we done? What could we learn? What could we hone? What could we perfect? Uh, what has been the epiphany moment for you since the first time I initially interviewed you to where we sit currently re-interviewing you on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald? What's, what's shifted for you? Well, the biggest shift was how I realized that I have a lot more to offer to the world. Like you mentioned, uh, I initially from the first call, I thought in my head that my dream career or my dream life would be a professional poker player. But I actually experimented that with that, but I don't feel that way. And it's not because I couldn't make money doing it, but it's because I don't feel right uh, just taking advantage of less educated players. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, is, is that the direction I want to go for the next five to 10 years? No, I mean, I don't mind playing for fun, but there's so much more I can do with my skills, my talent, my knowledge. So, yeah, I feel this is a much better direction for me to go out there and help people with speaking and then also speaking on stage. Fantastic. And so what would you characterize or deem your skills to be and how that lends into what you would identify as your reclarified purpose and vision here, William? I was I would definitely say speaking. I, I actually uh, d- did. Uh, asked a lot of friends to do like like an anonymous survey on me. <laughs> I told them to like, okay, uh, what what is what is the, your top talent, right? Like, so they they all said 
talk like speaking. Awesome. Awesome. And so I want to say, too, I actually commend you for doing that because to put yourself out there and to voluntarily elicit other people's perceivable criticisms or, you know, some things that may come back that may be not necessarily what you want to hear. But for the sake of you being wanting to be and choosing to be integral with yourself Mm -hmm. and really crystallizing for yourself what it is you feel you're intended to do in order for that to hold any level of vulnerability or integrity or transparency, we need, particularly when you're in the public eye, you need to be receptive to the uh, potential perspective backlash or criticism or skepticism that may come from that. So the fact that you were willing to do a survey, I I applaud you for that. That's actually quite uh, brave. Thank you. Fantastic. So let's talk about your TEDx talk. What was that all about? Well, there, there were two of them, actually. But the most recent one was from TEDx Chula Vista. It is uh, in the San Diego area. Uh, and it's about talking about choosing to be happy with your mm. choices in life. Fantastic. And what was the second one? So no, that, that's that's the second one. The first that's one the was the second one. Okay. Yeah, the the first one was uh, last year from TEDx Watts about mm-hmm. champion by choice. How we can choose to be a champion each day. Okay, so let's talk about champion by choice. What does that mean for you? How do you come to dissect that, internalize that, understand that, and then regurgitate it out to people? I spoke for the Corvo Global Sales Conference last year. And mm-hmm. the theme of their conference was championed by choice. And when I talked to the decision maker, how they came up with that theme, they, he told me that he wants his team to go out and win more. Not because uh, they're not doing well for the company, but because they want to do even better. So that really resonates with me. That aligns with me. It's like, wow, I, I, should, I should leverage that to uh to share with more people that you know maybe your life is okay right now but why not grow more why not do more beautiful and so in what way are you continuously championing your own self your own life your own brand your own level of expertise what are what are your methods what are your strategies How, how do you lay this out for yourself in terms of execution well there are uh, there are three keys to becoming a champion. Uh, so the first one is communication, how mm-hmm. you communicate each day with people about your values, about what you do, and how you serve others. Uh, and then the second one is context. Uh, to me, that means seeing the big picture of mm-hmm. what, what kind of life I want to create. And then finally, connection uh, would be building a community because let's face it, Uh, nobody can succeed alone by themselves in the long term. Beautiful. And so your life, your journey in the way that we've been able to see it publicly unfold, it's all been about reinvention. How many reinvention processes have you gone through, do you believe, William, in the last decade? And do you think that you have finally hit the target for where you truly believe um, your voice is best heard, understood, your presence within the current space of what you're doing? I was a former entertainer. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that, that was my first reinvention because I started off as a struggling civil engineering student. Uh, so that was the first. And then the second major uh, reinvention would be after the first four years of my entertainment journey. I thought everything was going well, but things started to slow down and I had to make a living to sustain myself. So I reinvented myself as an administrative professional. So that, that's, a, that's, a, that's the second reinvention. Mm-hmm. And then the third, and the third reinvention was, like I mentioned, uh, professional poker player because I thought I was good at it. I could, I could make a decent amount of money doing it. Uh, and, but then the fourth reinvention is speaking and coaching. Fantastic. And so what would you say to people, the listeners who are tuning in right now, who are possibly embarking upon, if not their first reinvention process, but maybe a series of reinvention processes who are feeling 
tired, who are feeling weathered, who are feeling, you know, misunderstood because it's taken a while for them to get to the point of really crystallizing where they want to go. Um, because it's tiring. It's a tiring process when you have to reinvent, recalibrate, uh, reset the mindset. So what would you say to people who are inspired by your story? The fact that you clearly have not given up on yourself, the fact that you inherently believe in yourself, that you've got a great attitude going forward. What would you say to the listening audience who are so inspired by the fact that you've uh, cultivated this for yourself in terms of reinvention over and over again, but for them, they're just feeling a little bit jaded or they're feeling tired. It's, it's, uh, it's a mindset uh, challenge. It's like, you know, the, are you willing to put in the hard work now so that you can create a much better life later? Because in, in our society, instant gratification is a big deal. Uh, and and uh, I have that problem many uh, challenge many times too. You know, sometimes I I do question myself: Is it worth it? Because mm -hmm. I it, because I wouldn't say that I made it yet. You know, and in some and it depends how how you look at it, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I made it in terms of getting on stages, speaking to people, inspiring people, but I didn't make it yet in terms of becoming the next Tony Robbins. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so so it's all relative. But then, what do you tell yourself? I mean, you could tell yourself that. Oh, uh, I'm not gonna get there. It's so unlikely. It's not worth it. So I'm just gonna play it safe. Or I, maybe you tell yourself, "Well, I don't need to compare myself with other people. Uh, I, I, I'm still living a much better life, much happier life by doing what I'm doing now." Excellent. And so, what does what does ultimately making it mean for you? Like, what is the end goal here? Because obviously, Tony Robbins is Tony Robbins. Nobody can be another Tony Robbins, nor do you want to be, because that's disingenuous to you honoring the spirit of who it is you are and recognizing your own individualized, unique gifts that you bring to the table that may be similar to his messaging, but very different in terms of you being your own person and him being distinctly his own person. So, what does making it mean? For you, what is the end goal for you, William? Well, recently I have a dream, and mm -hmm. my dream is to create the William Hung Academy in the next five to ten years. Uh, and then my and my, my and my mission is to transform uh, work and learning to make it to make it more fun, make it make it like a human learning system instead of the machine learning system. Wow. And so when you say academy, is, is, that, is the form for the academy, is it an actual academy? Is that wrapped up in, in a webinar? Is that wrapped up in a mastermind? Is that a speaking tour circuit? What, what is the academy? I, I am not sure just yet, Lisa, is that, but, uh, but it is, it, it's a dream that, mm -hmm. that I'm passionate about uh, making it reality. So I would say probably start with the online space, uh, working, working with a small group of people, and then continue to grow, uh, grow from there. Fantastic. And so, William, what is your demographic of, of listeners, people that you would say are synergistically aligned with who you are? Who, who's your audience? Who is it that you're hoping that your message resonates with? Who is your actual ideal client? People who are not happy with where they are right now. So, so it could be like, administrative professionals that are frustrated. Uh, mm -hmm. It could be frustrated employees. It could be uh, frustrated business owners that try all these things, but they haven't gotten a result yet because a lack of focus. I realize that, you know, even for myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so, so I say those people and then, and, then, and then from there, it needs to be people that wants to take action to improve themselves. Because what I learned from other coaches and mentors is that nobody, no group coach can do the work for you. And it makes sense. It's just like in real life, nobody can do the work for you. You have to actually want it and then you can get guidance and then take the next steps and then you can succeed. Absolutely. I agree with that wholeheartedly. So let's talk about happiness then, giving that that's kind of the central core foundation for what you're aspiring to do and who you deem to be your target audience in terms of who is perhaps right now at this stage phase in their life unhappy 
what, how do you define happiness for yourself? Because it's very subjective. So what does happiness mean for you? Where are you on the happiness scale from a, on a, you know, a scale of one to 10 and what would make you even happier? Well, happy to me means, uh, taking inspired action each day, uh, mm-hmm. li- living, living the, the living life to the fullest. Th- that's the simplest terms, but of course that's very vague. Uh, so I had to reframe, I had to recalibrate my mindset quite a bit in the, la- the last couple months because I realized I cannot hurry up and get to my final destination. I still have a full-time job and I used to feel bad about it. But now I take pride in it. Now I see the value and appreciate and be grateful for it. Beautiful. And so where are you on a scale of one to 10 with happiness? I would say eight. Eight. Okay. And what's lacking for it not to be a 10? Well, I I don't see myself, uh, you know, sticking sticking with my government full-time job as an administrative professional for the next five to 10 years, uh, mm-hmm. that, would, that would not be the, my, my ideal uh, job. Uh, but at, with that being said, I feel that I learned so much about how to uh, have the right mindset to deliver more value, to create a better life for everyone around me. One of the one of the most uh, uh, biggest uh, hidden misconceptions, or the things that people don't talk about as an administrative professional, is that yes, it look from the from the service, it looks like we I'm doing low value office sucking time jobs, right? Like right. filing 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 papers, uh, uh, sending reports to people, you know, making phone calls, but uh, there's something deeper, and that's mm-hmm. something, and and what's deeper behind it is how administrative professionals actually have very little margin for error. It's almost like they are held to a higher standard because you need to be assisting with other people. You need to be happy and professional all the time. Even if you're not happy inside, you better be putting on your smiley face each day. (laughs) Well, and the thing is too, for, for all the top tier people and all the content that I've immersed myself in, people who are truly successful, people who are truly humble, uh, people who are truly living in a state of gratitude, they will even tell you, you know, even the most mundane tasks, whether it's something as simple as washing the dishes, you know, if you are present in that moment of washing the dishes and thanking the dishes, I mean, this is going to sound fooey to some people, but, you know, <laughs> but, you know, you're washing the dishes and it's like, you know what, there are some people who don't have running water. There are some people who don't even have food to fill in these dishes. There are some people who don't even have a pot to piss in. So, you know, if you really look at counting your blessings as opposed to focusing on your problems, most of us will come to realize how much further ahead we are than the majority of people, right? Because if you're not grateful for what you already have, what makes each of us think we would be grateful with more? Yeah, exactly. And one of the revelations I just, I I finally ruled, I finally came to uh, see is that there's no perfect job out there. Like, uh, like let's say for me, getting on stage, right, speaking. I, mm-hmm. love that, I love that part. That's the easy part. But what people don't understand is all the unpleasant tasks behind it, whether it's setting handwritten cards, letters, phone calls, emails. It feels like my job. Right, right. And so what has your current government job how has that helped transcend you with your reinvention process i mean we know that you ultimately don't want to be what you're currently doing and in that same spot for the next five or ten foreseeable years but in terms of what it is you're currently doing within your full-time job what transferable skills have you taken from that that's helped redefine and shift your reinvention process how has that made you more humble and how has it made you more focused a couple of things. The first thing I realized is that there is no responsibility that's too big or too small. Every task is there for a reason. It leads mm-hmm. to the bigger mission. Love uh, that. Yes. The, the second thing I realized is that it, it, being a champion 
is not about your your job title. Being、mm-hmm. a champion is about being proactive with problem solving, with helping people. When you see something, say something. Wow, I really like that, William. I really, really like that a lot. And so let's talk about what shifted that got you onto the stage of. Ellen DeGeneres and Jimmy Kimmel Live. So, <laughs> like, how how did that happen for you, being a government、uh, worker? Well, that was a long time ago, way way before my my、uh, job with the government. So, the Ellen DeGeneres was back in two thousand four. Jimmy Kimmel, I believe, is two thousand four, two thousand five. I started working for the government around two thousand ten. So it happens just from random invites. <laughs> It's so weird. Random invites, introductions at、uh, back then. It, it was crazy. So yeah, I'm so grateful、uh, for those experiences. I would definitely love to、uh, be on、uh, Ellen or Jimmy Kimmel again. I actually was on Jimmy Kimmel multiple times. Fantastic. And so, do you find that as a little bit of a, a feather in your cap with regards to reaffirming for you that if you can look back in hindsight, twenty twenty, and go, okay, I hadn't even really scratched the surface with regards to reaching my potential or seeing the bigger vision for myself or understanding clearly what my purpose is. If you were able to establish that type of notoriety. Are you? You must be feeling pretty on fire about what the future holds for you, then. Yeah, for sure. I I I I wish I'd done more with my entertainment uh, fame uh, because、mm-hmm. I, at the time, as a twenty-year-old, I didn't know why I won my life, <laughs> and I'm still I'm still searching now at the age of thirty-five, thirty-seven. <laughs> but but it, but I'm getting I'm getting closer. Okay, well, and going back to what I just said there, because there's always two schools of thought. So as much as you can look upon that as a feather in your cap and go, okay, I wasn't scratching the surface with regards to my potential, and that still landed me on the stages of Ellen DeGeneres and Jimmy Kimmel Live.、Bye. Alternatively, alternatively, if we're playing devil's advocate. Because you're so much more evolved in the journey of personal growth, personal development, and self-awareness, is there not a part of you that also looks at the hypocrisy of that and says, "Well, if I could get on those shows for she bangs, would I actually stand a chance getting on those shows for being the William Hung who wants to start up an academy?"、Mm. Like, it, it, does that have as much teeth? Like, do you think you would get onto? Did you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the contrast of who you were before, as compared to the contrast of who you are in the trajectory of where it is you want to、oh, go, which、okay. may not, which may not be as sexy as she bangs on American <laughs> Idol. Do you find that a little bit insulting? A little bit、no. to know that you're that much more evolved as a person, but for what you're evolved in, which actually has more substantial depth and meaning, wouldn't necessarily be the criteria that would get you on either of those shows anymore. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, got it. I, I got, I totally got it now. Yeah,、uh, I, I think, it, I think things will come naturally. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm not. I don't feel insulted if, if, if I don't, if I don't get the, you know, the right exposure, you know, right now. You know, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, you know, let's let's go deeper on that one. So I'm talking more from the perspective, like when we're talking about. <clears throat> when we're talking about media, when we're talking about mainstream media, and、uh-huh. you know, you know, whether we're talking about the Kardashians or we're talking, I mean, they're and they're they're fantastically brilliant at marketing and branding. Whether people think they've got depth or not,、uh, they definitely they they utilize and implement wholeheartedly what their strengths are, and it's working for them seemingly on every level. Yeah. So what what I'm saying is, you know, for the Ellen DeGenereses and the Jimmy Kimmels and all these other people who have massive, massive following, and many people would say, well, if I made it to that, I've actually made it. But you, being committed to your ongoing growth and development, realize that no, you know, she bangs on American Idol. Like, what what purpose am I really fulfilling there? Yes, you had a dream being an entertainer. It didn't quite work out that way, but there was certainly still benefits that you reaped from that, which got your name out there. Right.、Um, but I'm saying, you know. 
for the people who go, okay, well, you know what? I'm doing all kinds of things for people on a day-to-day service in terms of really paying it forward, being of service. I've really affected shift. I've really maybe in some cases saved people from committing suicide. Or mm-hmm. I, I was the person who lifted somebody else up who really gave up on, on thinking that humanity still had... Um, you know, that humanity still existed in the way we ideally still want it to. So, you know, people who are listening who go, but you know what? Like, no, I've never been on American Idol and I've never sung something like She Bangs, but I've actually done a lot of like really imperative, monumental things in my life and never would I be able to get on those kinds of programs. And I say that using that as a paralleled example, but I'm, I'm using more so you as the example of who you were once upon a time that got you on those stages versus where you more importantly, substantially, meaningfully want to go in your journey. And that not being as sexy, uh, you know, to get you on an Ellen DeGeneres show. So how does, how does that resonate with you to know that who you are, who you've acknowledged yourself to be and where you're going wouldn't necessarily be the criteria for getting on a show that for many people would go, well, if I was on that show, I've already made it. Uh, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with it at this point. Yes. I, I, I accept that. That's not, uh, it's not because it's not, it's, uh, it's, I feel it's the, it's the wrong goal to chase for me. Yeah. I would not want to chase that goal. Uh, if it happens, like, like I would definitely, I don't mind, I, I would proactively reach out to Alan uh, when the time is right, uh, mm-hmm. like let's say maybe in a few months or so, uh, but but it's but it's that I want to make sure the the goal for her to be on her show is not just to be on her show. The goal is to you know have more people understand what I do, learn from learn from my life lessons, so that they can make their lives better. Okay. Okay, I, I kind of got more out of you there with where I was hoping we would go. I, I don't think the the message is fully landed, but that's that's okay. Um, so. So, William, what would you say to people in terms of because everybody's got a different definition uh, or understanding or interpretation when it comes to what's considered trendy or catchphrases or buzzwords in our industry of personal growth, personal development, as it pertains to things like leadership, as it pertains to things like success, Um, you know. So how do you define your own success as a human being as William Hung? What are you most proud of? I'm most proud of making a difference for other people, like like doing things that would bring more happiness to the world, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. It could be some small task, it could be a bigger task, it could be speaking, whatever it is. But that for some, for some I, I don't know what it is, but maybe the last couple of years, maybe my perspective has totally shifted. Like. Mm-hmm. When other people are happy in my network, not mm-hmm. everybody, I can't please everybody, but when people, like my, my friends, my network, people I know, I see them growing, I'm seeing, seeing them succeed, I feel good in there, inside. Excellent. Well, what would you, like looking at our culture of society right now, what do you attribute to the state of unhappiness? And I'll, I'll use an example. I, I have interviewed twice on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, a gentleman by the name of Dave Meltzer, who's huge in the personal growth, personal development industry. Mm-hmm. And um, happiness is a very key, pivotal subject matter for him. And he did the research and he was able to find out in his research data collecting that on average, people are only happy 19 days out of the 365 day calendar. So when we look at what's happening in our world, whether it's economically, whether it's politically, whether it's spiritually, whether it's mentally, whether it's emotionally, what do you attribute to our current state of unhappiness being correlated with? To me, the biggest problem is instant gratification, and it's very mm-hmm. hard. It's very, mm-hmm. very hard. Uh, it's not easy. It's no easy solution because because sometimes I feel that I feel that way too. I feel unhappy too. It's mm-hmm. like I feel like oh my god, I put in all this work, I haven't gotten a single uh, uh, organizer to say yes for next year, <laughs> or I put in all this work, I haven't gotten more paying clients for my coaching, whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but then I, ha- I have to remind myself, take a step back and, and, and say to myself, well, am I making progress? And the answer is yes. Regardless where we want to believe that or not, we are making progress. 
Okay, amazing. So you you think the the crux of our current state or culture of what precipitates or perpetuates unhappiness is more so related to our need or our expectation and our disappointment associated with instant gratification. Is that correct? Yes, because because let's because as human beings we love winning. We, we, it, 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 we, we, we don't say those words. We, don't, we will not use those same words. But mm-hmm. in our brain, we love winning. Mm-hmm. And what is the definition of winning for you? To me, winning means I, 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 I made some pro, I, I, like, like I said, I made some progress. So let's say I reach out uh, for one particular uh, speaking conference. Yeah, the, the end result is to get, get the other person, pay me a bunch of money, sign on the dotted line. <laughs> okay, that's the, right? that's, that's the win that everybody knows and understands. But, but, but to me, a win could be like able to reach out to the right person and have a good com- have a conversation. Just learning about more about the association or corporation. That's already a win because I'm, make, I'm learning something. I, I'm making progress. Okay, fantastic. And so for you to get, uh, for you to have achieved this level of clarity within yourself, which is part and parcel of a reinvention process, uh, and hopefully attaining what it is that you aspire to do and the results then showing up, William, what have you had to simultaneously surrender or relinquish thereby freeing up and allowing the good space to be present within you to allow the good things to align with you? What have you had to let go of? Call it beliefs, call it false concepts, call it people, call it uh, old scripts. What have you had to release? I have to uh, reframe my mindset in terms of winning. Like, what does it mean to win? Like you said, it's it's a great question. Uh, because because the traditional way of lo- we look at life is like, yes, I won the lottery. I have a million dollars in the bank. You know, I know it's arbitrary, but still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I ha- I have to let that go be- be- because that's something that I cannot control. So uh, so not, so to, to peel another layer of the onion, focus on things that you have control over. Awesome. And so let's talk a little bit, being cognizant of time here. Um, have you written a book? Yes, I actually wrote a, a, call, a book called Champion by Choice. It just came out on October 3rd. Congratulations. So let's talk a little bit about your book and let's talk a little bit about what the inception of the book's journey was, what made that the particular title or made that the premise of the book and where people can find it. Okay. So the, the, the book, Champion by Choice, I started writing last, last year mm-hmm. since we met each other at PodFest. Yay! Uh, yes. That was awesome. We did, for anybody who didn't listen to my first interview initially with William, uh, we personally bumped into each other. We were both requested to be panel speakers at PodFest, and that was in Florida, correct? Yes. Yes. And then we did a live stream together and then we committed to doing radio together. And now fast forward, here we are on radio together. So let's talk a little bit about the book. What, so what was, what, how did this book come to be? So I thought about the, the theme of the book, uh, Champion by Choice, as I mentioned from one of the speaking events. I just thought it was so good. Those, that, that, those key words, mm-hmm. it feels like that's who I am. Right. Not because mm-hmm. I'm the richest, not because I'm the most successful per, uh, by the traditional definitions, but mm-hmm. because people chose me as their champion. And I feel that many people can do the same. This is achievable. Right. It's mm-hmm. not be- it's not necessarily having a million people, or, you know, even 100 people within the right community. You can still be a champion. You can still be a winner in life. Absolutely. And so where can people find your book? Uh, people can find it on Amazon, my website, willhung.com, and all the major uh, bookstores like Barnes & Nobles. Well, again, congratulations, William. And are you doing a, a book signing tour or is it just like an Amazon type thing? 
Uh, I am doing book signing events uh, in mm-hmm. different states right now, so I'm I'm going to set up more. Uh, the next ones I have coming up are in Oregon and Arizona. So yeah, I'm definitely want to do more of that. Fantastic. And so, what does living fearlessly mean to you, William? Living fearlessly means that you're you're not afraid of failure. You are willing to take action despite failure, despite things not going your way. Excellent. And so for somebody to stay in, you know, the the right path, doing the right things, which therefore propel you on the trajectory of aligning with the right people and the right opportunities, most successful people have some sense of daily rituals, mantras, proclamations, declarations. Um, You know, what is it that keeps you on the straight and narrow? What keeps your mind really in the game and in the zone? Ooh, I, this is a great one because uh, I ha- I adopted a lot of new habits in order mm-hmm. to get to the next point. Uh, one of them is I meditate uh, every single day, like five mm-hmm. minutes in the morning, just to clear my mind. Anything else? Uh, I also started using something called the Freedom Journal. Uh, so no, I don't get I, I I have no affiliations with with John Lee Dumas, <laughs> but, right? But but. But I, I love it. I love the idea of journaling. So the idea of journaling in general is like you write things down. You write the mo- you write down the most important things you want to accomplish each and every day. Excellent. And so going back to the poker days, what what served you in the realm of poker slash gambling, and what was the detriment to that? What was the turnaround learning learnable lesson for you? In terms of knowing, okay, I need to move on from this. It, you know, it had its time, it's had its place. Maybe it, mm-hmm. it, it brought me forward into a, a more established sense of clarity, which is what I needed in order to right. walk away from it. So what was the benefit and what was the downfall? Well, the benefit is that uh, poker taught me a lot of valuable life lessons. And such, I still, as? such as? You can't sit around and wait for good cards before you take action. Hmm. Okay. And the downfall? The downfall is that uh, it could be uh, unhealthy addiction uh, Mm -hmm. because relying on poker as the primary source of income with the huge fluctuations, Mm -hmm. it's just not good. Uh, Not a good, good good way of living. Uh, the, the other issue I see is that it really the, re- the reason I decided to move on was because I don't see myself sitting at a casino, you know, 40 hours a week just to make a, make a you know, somewhat average living. You know, it's not worth it. You know, it's, it's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite subject matters, which I talk about quite extensively, William, with many of the guests who I showcase here. And in fact, I did a separate uh, series with one of my co-hosts um, who's also been showcased here, also a fellow TEDx speaker, uh, Mitchell Levy. We did a, a legacy series. So legacy means different things to different people, of course. And I would be interested to know, as I'm sure the listening audience and the podcast subscribers would be also uh, William, what does legacy mean to you and how would you most wish to be remembered when your time of being here in this realm of reality comes and goes? I want to be remembered more more than the Shebangs guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to be remembered as someone that made a difference uh, for giving hope to people because from my audition, I realized there's so many more reality shows because of my audition getting uh, getting spread around the world. And that's mm-hmm. a good thing. It's a good thing to, to see people changing, uh, uh, sharing their, their inner stories, uh, niches and whatever, right? Whatever thoughts, ideas they have. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I spurred that movement. I'm part of it, at least. Awesome. And so one of my other favorite subject matters, William, is the subject matter of vulnerability. So if you could share for us, which I would greatly appreciate, you know, because people see the William Hung, 
in, you know, on American Idol. People see the William Hung who's sitting at a poker table. People see the William Hung who works at the government office. I want to know who's the William Hung that's crying in a corner, pulling his hair out because he doesn't know in that moment of questioning everything, what the hell went wrong in my life? Or what do <laughs> you know? So talk to me about who is William Hung in that moment, because we all cry, we all feel despair, we all feel invisible, we all feel glossed over, misunderstood and misinterpreted. So in that moment, when you're on your knees going, what just happened to my life? I just took a 180, perhaps pivoting in the wrong direction. Describe for us who that William Hung is. Well, that William Hung was when he was a student teacher, a student mm -hmm. teacher. And I mentioned that in my se second TEDx talk, I actually cried when I went home after mm -hmm. the day when, it, when my master teacher called me out and, and embarrassed me, like, like get, get out, stop teaching. That's it. <laughs> that, that's what it felt like. He didn't say those words to me, but it's, it, was, it was effectively the same thing because he told me, you, you're not teaching it for the rest of the day. I'm taking over. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about that. What were the circumstances? What was the issue? What was the discrepancy? Tell us a little bit more about that. Did you guys already have a frictious relationship? Was there already conflict and it came to a head? Or, or this was just somebody who was neutrally making an observation and it went south? Like, what was that? Uh, it was a, it was a, it, it was a conflict over time because I wasn't very good at teaching high school kids. <laughs> Uh, and so that, so I, I try to get creative uh, mm -hmm. to to uh, get get the students to be more involved, right? More mm -hmm. engaged. So that's why I try to sing an algebra song. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, like so, Sesame, like a Sesame Street rendition, or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so, but see, these are the defining moments. Sometimes our our critics, our naysayers, you know, as much as we resent them in the moment, they are they, they are really what propels us forward. Because sometimes we can incorporate that as rocket fuel. It's like, yeah, you know, you think I suck or you saw me in a bad moment or, you know, you're, you're focusing on the one deficit as opposed to taking a look at the whole compilation of great things I bring to the table. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's not the people that always give you the compliment. I guess it always depends on the messenger, right? Like if it's... Right. If it, Right. If it's somebody who's really top of their game, if Tony Robbins was to turn around and say, William Hung, I totally endorse you. You're fantastic. That would stay with you forever. No differently. Oh, that, right. No differently than what you're citing with this example of the person who reduced you to tears. Um, so, you know, we have to thank all of these people. We have to thank the, our fans and we have to thank our haters equally. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good way to look at it. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Because that person's critiquing of you as much as that hurt. Uh, I'm sure that did a few things to change things within you. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it, I, I just uh, it, I would say that it, nothing magically like like um, happened. But I would say that I, I did improve uh, mm -hmm. gradually uh, in, 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 with, with teaching people. Uh, but it also taught me that maybe student teaching is not the teaching high school is not the best uh, job for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, so you know, you know and, and I'm grateful that I was able to move from that to where I am now because I feel so much better now compared to that experience. Well, and the thing is, too, it's not like one has to throw in the complete towel, because although grade 12 students may have not been your target audience, by definition, right. I think anybody who's immersed in personal growth, personal development, who professes to be a speaker or a coach or a mentor, you're definitely wearing the hat of teacher. Oh, that's right. That's very true. Right? Yeah. Right. So even though grade 12 students didn't cut the bill, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that you have to like fold on the career altogether. No, no, no. I, 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 no, when, when, I, uh, when money is not the issue, uh, I would love to uh, contribute more to uh, changing the way we are learning uh, mm -hmm. for the whole education system. Be mm -hmm. because, because I feel that the current uh, U.S. education system, uh, be, be, because I'm a personal, I have personal experience with it. I know what it's like now. So 
I feel that the the whole system is teaching us to just pass tests, get your degree, go get that, go get that, you know, a day job, manufacturing job, office job.、Mm-hmm. But they're not teaching us how to think for ourselves.、Mm-hmm. Critical thinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this. You and I have not talked about this. We obviously talk behind the scenes to prep for this upcoming second show here.、Uh, but what I would like to, and be completely honest, okay, when I first interviewed you, I think I got under your skin a little bit. I think you perhaps maybe found me to be a little bit critical or condescending. Is that true? Be honest. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. I wasn't. I wasn't sure. Like, like, like. Wait a minute. Is is she、uh, going after me? <laughs> so you did feel that way, because that was that. You know, when we walked away from that interview, I felt that energetically, and and as you and I both know in the space, too, energy speaks far louder, volume wise, than words can. Yeah.、Um, so, and and I didn't think you were ready to have that conversation with me back then, and that's okay. And listen, if I pushed some buttons, that's what I do. That's what coaches do. That's what mentors do, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So,、uh, so looking back on that conversation now, through the new set of eyes of the reinvented William Hung, what would you say about our initial conversation in hindsight, twenty twenty? Huh. Well, <laughs> I I I wish that、uh, I had I had a conversation at a different time. <laughs> That's for sure. I I don't like you said. I don't think I was ready.、Uh, so, but now I'm definitely ready. Yeah, but you know what? I, I, I okay. I appreciate that. I appreciate that honesty, and that's your answer. That's you know your truth is not mine to to argue by any means. But. If we, if I look back on the trajectory or the inception of my journey, right? There's times where I look back on things when I became rebranded or when I first started radio or when I started marketing, and I look at my previous graphics or I look at my whatever, and、right. I, I, you know, and sometimes I cringe and I go, "Oh my God! Like how amateur? What was I thinking?" Blah blah、right. blah. But you know what? If I deleted that. And I just stood in the space of where I am now. I wouldn't be able to use the once upon a time as a true barometer or measurement of growth. And so I'm glad I've not deleted any of that stuff, regardless of that.、Uh, I get sometimes when、right. I look upon it, right? right? And right. that's why I love Facebook Memories because I look at where I was thinking or where my <laughs> mindset was years ago, and, and in many regards, it's still the same. I still subscribe to the same ideologies and the same philosophy. There's there's been no flip flopping or wavering on my end. But to the degree that I've strategically done things a little bit different in terms、yeah. of packaging, right, or、mm-hmm. or or really tuning into the demographics. So again, I don't argue with your answer because your truth is your truth, but. I wanted to ask you that because I know you've evolved since our first interview, and I also know the interview. I kind of I sensed it in in when we were hanging up there and closing out, wrapping up the show. I thought I really pissed that guy off. <laughs> I really pissed him off, and、um, and that's not a bad thing, right? No differently than the guy that made you cry. Oh, no different than Simon Cowell, too. <laughs> no, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you can withstand. Uh, if you can withstand Simon Cowell and you can still go on and hold your head high, I, you know, I, you've passed the living fearlessly test. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want to give people the. I want to give you the opportunity to impart to the listening audience, William. Where can people reach out to you? Where can people connect with you? How do people go about finding if you're a good synergistic fit in terms of you becoming a prospective coach or mentor to them, or book signings and what's coming up on the calendar? And again, where people can、uh, buy your book on Amazon, etc. Yes, the easiest way for people to、uh, find me is on social media: Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and、mm-hmm. my website willhung.com. Fantastic. Fantastic, William. And so, is there a book number two up your sleeves? Even though I know you're newly into your launch, is what's what's around the bend with book number two? Because once you've written a book, there's always another message. Yeah, I'm definitely、uh, working on it. I'm not sure what's going to be yet, but it'll 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 be something deeper about speaking, messaging,、uh, maybe mindset. It's it's some combination of the of uh in that of of those topics in that direction. Okay, and this book, Champion by Choice, who who is in the dedication or the acknowledgement? To my parents, be- to because your- 
Yeah, mm -hmm. because because even though they sometimes they bad for me, sometimes a lot of times they're very they are very protective. You know, they still part of my life. It's something that I I I really appreciate and grateful for. Wonderful, and again, being cognizant of time, we're just about to wrap up here. But uh, do you have a favorite meme or adage or philosophy or quote that resonates with you that gets you through the tough times, William? I love Sig Sigler. Give yes, yeah, that one, yeah, that one about giving, like like give uh, enough of what people want, and you will eventually get what you want. And it's so very true, so very true. Well, listen, my friend, is there any one last minute breakaway take through that you would hope would resonate with the listening audience? There was a lot of good stuff that was shared here and for your vulnerability and for your forthcomingness and your sense of humor surrounding it all. I want to thank you, William. Uh, there was a lot here that I really appreciate you having shared with the listening audience and myself personally as the host. But yeah. if there was one thing in particular that was maybe either already said that you'd like to underscore in, in, in closing out the show or something new that you would hope resonates with the listening audience, what would you want that message to be? Find one thing to focus on and then follow the course until you find success. Beautiful. And is that one thing for you, the happiness or is it the academy or is it book number two? What is it? The one thing right now for the next three months is speaking. Fantastic. Fantastic. Do you have an agent? Uh, no, not yet. Yeah, you might want to get an agent. <laughs> yeah, make, maybe, yeah. ma make your life a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, it would be great if I could get, if I could get like, a, like a speaker's bureau to help me out. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Reach out. Put something on Facebook, right? You don't ask. The answer will always be no. You must know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, William, I just want to say thank you very much for the gift of your time. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with us from the initial interview, fast forward to now. I can really see and hear and sense the growth and the evolution of you. I wish you only continued success. You're always welcome to come back on to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, whether it's to showcase book number two or to talk about the success of your speaking circuit or the opening of your academy. You're always welcome, my friend. To my listening audience, I want to thank you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedule for tuning into Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Very clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until next Friday, I wish you only my best love and gratitude to all of you and to you as well, William Hung. Take care, my friends. All my best. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.